Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Richard Listen Show. Thank you again to all my subscribers, for all of you who've been signing up for email lists, signing up on our Patreon.com page to support the show, Patreon.com slash Richard Listens, Instagram at Richard Listens. Please tweet at me, Instagram, Facebook. Sign up, subscribe, and listen. Please take the time, send this to two friends that you think might like the show. If you have not been to my patreon.com slash Richard Listen page, please, and thank you to all those who have continued to sign up and join and subscribe. I am grateful, and this is my appeal to you. There is no show without my listeners. Without further ado, I'm going to be inviting on shortly uh, my guest today, Jared Segal, who is a soccer trainer as well as a filmmaker. Jared Segal began his playing career in Las Cruces, New Mexico. He was a member of the New Mexico State Western Regional Team, and he was a reserve for the under-16 national, U.S. National. He's played and trained in England's North London League, in Stockholm, Sweden's premier youth club, AIK, and he played for four years at Division I soccer for SMU in Dallas, Texas. He's a former professional player in Germany and Sweden. He's coached extensively in Europe and the U.S. and brings to you a style of training called cognitive football training, which I'm sure you'll be excited to learn about. He's the father of 10-year-old soccer player Brighton Lee Seagal, who's been training with some of the football academies in Europe, and he's documented his son's soccer development, a series of webisodes and short films that are available online. Without further ado, I bring to you Mr. Jared Seagal. Playing four years Division One soccer, I mean, you played professionally sports in Europe, so, you know, Jerome may have beat you in the uh, 100 or the 400. I don't know what his... Uh... Jerome's faster than me. Yeah. <laughs> have you raced him? No, but Bobby's <laughs> faster than me, too, so, you know. Well, Bobby's yeah. also... What is he? He's Bobby's riding... Uh, Bobby's younger than me, so it doesn't matter. He's riding, what, 30 miles a week on his bicycle? Bobby's an, an animal, yeah. But great guy, great guy. <laughs> so when did you return um, in terms of with corona and everything and your, yeah. your journey? Did you guys, you guys had planned to go and train your son in the academy in England? Right. So we left uh, February 25th. And, you know, at that point, to, to take people back a little bit, like it was it was right at the beginning of this thing. You know, I, I had conversations with my brother. And he was like, man, 
I wouldn't go. And I'm like, oh, we're going. <clears throat> we saw masks in the airport, um, leaving LAX. And then we got there. And I think it was about two and a half weeks in, three weeks, when, when it all went down. Um, so uh, my son, Brighton, we had about, you know, like I said, maybe three weeks of training uh, at Man City and some other stuff. Um, and then things started to get really weird. Um, there was still futsal and stuff going on, but we, we, we took a little more conservative approach. So I stopped taking him to those kind of things. Then we couldn't get back. I didn't want to fly the family. My whole family was over there and I didn't want to fly back and, and, and risk that. So we stayed until about three weeks ago. We were there for about three months. Yeah, but when you try and get into the fire with your son, yeah. and be the one who says it's time to go. I mean, how do you get his buy-in from a young age? Like, does he, does he want the greatness? Does he love it? Yeah, I, I think he does love it. You know, the, the question is a good one because, and you're a sports psychologist, you get it. Like, I have to be a sports psychologist also. I have to be a manager. I have to be a sports psychologist. I have to be his dad. And I have to balance those three things. Um, and it becomes really, really challenging. Um, there's nothing that I, I would have loved is if I found coaching that I thought was fantastic for him. And that's been the real big problem is that I've had to take the training on because I can't find anything that's, you know, without, you know, tooting my own horn, right? I can't find it what I'm doing, I can't find anywhere else unless I take him to Barcelona, which is where I, I learned all this stuff from a guy that trained at Barcelona because I didn't make this stuff up. I just have stolen it from these guys. Um, and that would be the only place. But I thought taking him to the UK, right, like a lot of parents may be listening. It's like, I'm going to I'm gonna take my kid to Europe and I'm going to wash my hands and I'm going to put him in an academy, right? And I'm telling you right now, that shit doesn't happen. Like the training's will be surprisingly poor, right? The instruction will be surprisingly poor. The environment will be great. The kids are great. The instruction, average. So all those kids in England, right, that are, that are getting great, they're getting great outside of the academy. And that's the reality of it. They're getting great in these little groups, like, you know, these PB groups or groups that I've set up, like in, in, the, in, the, in the shithole areas of England, where like they're in the slums and like 10 and 15 academy kids from Liverpool, Manchester United, Everton, they're bringing their kids there and they're just grinding. Like, like it's like Fight Club, right? It's those kind mm -hmm. of pockets of Anson Dorrance calls it like the competitive cauldron, right? It's those pockets where the kids get great. They're not really getting great in these academies. And so I was bummed out, right? Because now I've got to continue to train, right? Continue to work on And don't get me wrong, I love it, but it creates loads of, of problems, loads of challenges. So does it help you to find a club, PB or someplace where you can take the pressure off yourself? No, I'm coaching there, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and the, the stuff that I'm doing, like with Michael and these kids, I know that they're not getting anywhere. Like all the cognitive stuff, right, is only really happening in a few places around the world, right? And they're for sure happening in Barcelona, right? And like Pep's doing it at Man City. Mourinho does it at at uh, Spurs, but there's 40 concepts that like the, the top coaches in the world, they kind of all know. And these are these Barcelona concepts, like speaking through the ball, using your back foot, um, you know, all the head up stuff, all the stuff. And I'm trying to at least instill a few of these, like with kids like Michael and, and you know, and my son's been doing it for years, but the idea of, can you create more time? And if you have more time, you create, you have more space. 
And if you have time and space, then it's easier to play soccer, period. That's beautiful. I mean, there's so many angles here. And I also, being a therapist, I know that your brother is a a sports psychologist. Right. You know, there's a disadvantage to being around, like, like you said, having all the knowledge you have, having all the experience you have, like, it, it presents other obstacles compared to if you're coming from beginner's mind like me, you may get stuck just accepting your AYSO program or whatever you have locally because you don't know better. Right. So do you find that, that having all these tools and knowledge helps you to guide him because you know exactly where you want to get him? and what tools you want to bring him, and and that you're trying to bring something to the greater soccer community. Uh, Does he feel a part of that? You're talking about my son or? Yeah. I think so. I mean, like many kids like his age, and the only way for him to succeed in this is to be smart. And that's so that's why these concepts are perfect for many kids, because there's going to, the one percenters like Michael Jordan and these guys that are absolute freaks, right? Mbappe, Ronaldo, Messi, these guys are freaks, right? But for the majority, of players right including michael have to be smarter than the rest it's their only chance to succeed at this if you want to like cut right down to it michael's michael's fast and has good like athleticism relatively so but given given like what the top athletes are no so he's got to be fat he's got to be smart he's got to be cognitively a genius he's got to know where the pressure's coming from how to get out of the pressure before it happens. Okay, he's got to learn to play with his head up. He's got to learn to use his back foot to, to get into spaces. He's got to learn what his options are. It's just like being a spy. I tell Michael this all the time. <clears throat> when you walk into a room, right, if you're like a, an FBI agent or a spy, you know, oh, exit's there. Uh, that guy's shoelace is untied, uh, whatever, right? It's, it's the same way with being a soccer player. And it takes years and years to train that way. But Iniesta is the perfect example. Iniesta, Xavi, De Bruyne, these midfielders that, that somehow know where all the pressure is coming because they're always looking around they're always scanning and taking pictures picture there picture there uh the pressure's there the space is there the pressure's there the space is there and then once you understand those that very basic principle of time and space then really soccer is not that difficult right it's a very simple sport but we make it really complicated because we play with our heads down head down like can you imagine playing basketball and you're just dribbling right and all you're doing is staring at the parquet floor you just dribble and dribble and dribble, and dribble right you can't play basketball that way that's right? the biggest mistake the beginning players make right? right not having their vision you can't drive a car with your head down right so why are you playing soccer with your head down when you drive your car you're you're constantly scanning constantly looking around you're checking your rearview mirror to see who's behind you it's actually a pretty good analogy for soccer players right it's like driving right if you drive with your head down you're going to get in an accident play soccer with your head down you're going to slam somebody you're going to go into pressure so here we are we're in a place right covid quarantine extended uncertainty how through technology can this learning be brought to other soccer clubs and other soccer players and is there an openness to it almost impossible uh, the only thing that, that i would tell people during this to uh, their cognitive ability is to watch games watch games watch don't watch the ball watch everything that's going on without the ball the ball is just there to seduce you it's seductive we all want to watch the ball where's the ball going but the real learning is taking place away from the ball and that's when people are moving into spaces that's when people are checking their shoulder right i I always tell the kid the kids or the new kids michael probably knows the answer i'm like who's the one player on the field 
that always has the best body profile on the field in every game. The kid's like, oh, well, uh, the center midfield or uh, the goalkeeper because the goalkeeper sees in front. And the, the truth is it's the referee because the referee always has to see both sides of the both goals. So he's always in a good body profile. He's always able to see this goal and this goal. And every player should play like that, thinking like they're the refs. They could always see this. They're never facing to where they can't see what's going on behind them. If a referee refereed like that, then somebody gets kicked behind them, somebody pulls somebody's shorts down, whatever it is, and he can't see it. So that's why you want to play like the ref. We should bring you out, train some of our basic referees. But you played as a young man. You were passionate enough to play Division One soccer yourself. Uh, where, where did that motivation come from for you? Who got you? Who gave you this training uh, at a young age yourself? My brother, played was, was older so he got me into it we grew up in a small town in las cruces new mexico so it wasn't soccer it was hardly a soccer hotbed and then you know i just fell in love with it my dad was was from brooklyn new york he wasn't a, he didn't know anything about soccer he just read and read and read books you know he's a, he was a philosophy professor and um but we had like a good pretty good work ethic and your mom's a psychologist yeah my mom's a strength yeah so my dinner conversations were i'm sure like michael could probably attest to that <laughs> I've had some pretty wacky dinner conversations. Cognitive research labs were probably research and studies were, were being presented, no? Yeah, right. Like, you know, does God exist? What do you think, Jared? You know, I don't know, Dad. I just really want to eat my burrito. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And then no, I just I just felt like I couldn't get enough of it. I couldn't get enough of it. But the thing that I didn't have is the stuff that I'm teaching the kids and my son right now. I had nothing of that. And the, the reality is until I worked with this guy, Albert Poot, who was at Barcelona, like I knew, I really knew nothing about soccer up until about three years ago. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't really know how this whole thing worked. And and what he taught me unlocked everything. So in, in short, how can you describe it to my viewers? I mean, I saw just a video that I was watching of the training of the colors triggering, you know, so you're trying to track stimuli, which is signaling uh, a direction or an awareness. So, so how are you, is it about linking cues together? Is it about sequencing memory? Right. Yeah, it's a good question. It's less about that and more about how how quickly can you identify where the space is. That's really like one of the main secrets is, for example, if, if I'm holding an orange cone and a yellow cone and you have to turn your neck behind you to see if it's orange or yellow, the orange cone would be connected to an orange goal. The yellow cone is connected to a yellow goal, right? So when you turn your shoulder, we call it checking your shoulder, right? It's how fast can you recognize the color and how fast can you get into the space? So with a million repetitions of that, you can get really good about recognizing where like your brain basically is connected to the cone, to the colors, and you're connecting to the open space. Now we do a thing now, if there's a group of kids going, and if I hold up yellow and yellow is, is connected to the yellow goal, but Michael or somebody just shot to the yellow goal, that space is now occupied. Michael cannot go into yellow, even though I'm telling you go yellow. So now you say, now your brain has to say, I can't go yellow. Even though Jared's telling me to go yellow, I've got to go blue, right? It's a series of those decisions under pressure, right? Into space. Right, Cause you'll hear your teammates, right? Saying, right, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. Exactly. Right? And you'll have and to override that stimuli. 100%. I, that just happened today at training. And I use that exact example, Richard. It's like, right, players always are calling for the ball and they're not open. So you've got right. to go somewhere else. But that's exactly right. Wow. Are you still playing as an adult yourself? I mean, I know we're in a crazy time right now. Not really. I mean, every once in a while, Michael will see me out in a, in a pickup yeah. game. But I'll, I'll, I'll have thrown my back out like the next the next day. Or I'm 47. My brain still feels like I can play. But my body, it's just such a bummer because I'm better no, than you all can jump 
in the yoga with me. A psychologist, a philosophy uh, professor, yeah. and a sports psychologist is a brother. I mean, that's that's got to make for interesting dinner conversation. Yeah, I was the black sheep. I was the creative. You know, I was the guy with my listening to Sex Pistols with my headphones on. You know, I was that guy. Like, I just was like, I ran from it. I just wanted to be creative. Ended up, you know, making film. Yeah, so tell us about that. Your company, Rockarazzi. Yeah, um, it's just, it's a lot of like short form content. Uh, we've got a, I run a, a pretty popular YouTube channel called Kicking Cousins. Um, we have almost 400,000 subscribers. And then the Young Ronaldo film that I did with my nephew, Simon, has over 40 million views. The most watched soccer series ever on YouTube. I'm doing Young Beckham with my son right which will be a full-length movie so it's the first time i've ever done that and that should be done in like a week or so we we'll try to get david beckham to somehow make a cameo in this is he responding i know people that know him so i'm waiting to to send him the trailer and then i help a lot of brands soccer brands market themselves so i do like commercials for them, product commercials. I help with their identity. I help tell their story against a visual to help them understand a bit more about like who they are and who the market is. And my brother helps me a lot with that stuff. I'm sure he's got a lot of great messaging. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's great. He's the smartest guy I know, my brother. So except for you. <laughs> and, I, and I think I feel similarly in terms of the clients I choose to work with. But when yeah. you say crappy kids, like off the cuff, do you mean, you don't mean just those without talent, right? I don't, I want good parents. I want good kids. I want motivated kid the kid could be a total crap soccer player and if he wants it and shows up and he's there half an hour before and he's doing stuff and he's running afterwards and i'm into it like a hundred percent but the bad attitude this the soccer dad or soccer mom complex thing it's like i just don't have time for it too old for it i just i want nothing to do with club soccer like i'm anti-club soccer my son's not played club soccer for three years. We don't do any of that. It's just don't want anything to do with that kind of mess of uh, soccer madness. We'll, we'll pick up with that. So what? how do you structure your time? How do you keep balance? You know, when you have your passion in sports and in creativity, you're kind of like finding this ultimate balance and you have, you know, bigger goals within each. Yeah. How do you create? How do you carve that time so you feel like you're checking all the boxes, the family feels connected? Um, to be honest, I'm pretty, I'm pretty awful. Um, just awful at all that at time management and it's something that I'm, I'm sure you know if I sat down with 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 somebody like a time management specialist I, I could be way more efficient so I'm not good at that like I'm the classic like artistic creative mind that like I want to just go everywhere not in like a crazy manic way but like when I want to finish something then I just like my head's down and I like nothing can stop me and I'm just going to finish it my days are structured I train in the morning I have the afternoon free so I hang out with my daughter and you know play some soccer with her and my wife and I, and you know, go for a walk or something. And then I'm back out to the field um, from four o'clock to eight at night usually. Then I'm back home and then watch some news and edit some more until like two in the morning and then get up. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Richard listens.
Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's more to that, right? When you choose a partner or something, you know, hopefully Michael gets to that stage of his life, when you choose someone who knows what you're passionate about. And when your kids are are also engaging in soccer or engaging in getting into the film work with you, things, you know, start to fold together. It's not, they're not opposing. uh, It takes a very understanding wife to, I mean, you know, and obviously I knew that and she, you know, partially knew that going, going into it, but you know, I'm pretty impossible. You know what I mean? Like self admittedly, like really difficult and she's amazing to put up with me, but it, I'm like, I'm doing a million different things. I have no, I haven't had a real job ever. I've never had a real job, right? I moved out to LA. I had no tattoos on my arms when I moved here 20 years ago. <laughs> I got tattooed to reinforce the fact that I will never have a real job. I don't want to be hireable by anybody. I will never be hired by a nine to five person ever. I wanted to make, you know, I wasn't going to tattoo my face, but I did everything that I could do to make myself unemployable by the mainstream market. Um, and that's just, I wrote, I've written loads of songs. One of the lyrics of my songs is like, I'd rather die than live, than work nine to five. And that's the truth. Like, I don't see that as living. Like, I just want to help people, want to motivate people. I want to be creative. I want to spend as much time with my family as I can. Spend time with my mom and dad while they're still here because they're getting old. And talk to, you know, people like yourself, Richard, who, who's raised, you know, what I, what I see as like an example for not only my son, but for the other kids that are out there, right? Because he is an example. Um, and those are the people that I want to surround myself with. You know how it is, Richard. I mean, you get to this age. Why do you want to do that? Michael saw me work with, you know, I went to the county. I went to the salt mine. I did freedom constricting job. Uh, it was very good. Gave us safe benefits for raising a family, but it was soul crushing. And then the last right. five years where I've launched into ventures like this, which are, you know, nobody teaches you how to be an entrepreneur or, you know, so the unknown, but the amazing people that come to me through this journey and embracing kind of beginners or novice mind, just because I don't know a lot about one particular sport. Number one, doesn't mean that I can't help the athletes or help the parents. Yeah, you can really feel the parents struggle because if you they were successful they you know it's hard not to want your child to want that same level of success and if they failed it's hard not to want to correct that part of yourself through your children and a lot of parents i think are struggling with that and they're not conscious of it so in a way it's a real gift you know that i've been around all these fields and all these people and i have had to tolerate being the least knowledgeable person in the room and then you have to in a way like you, if you accept that maybe you're not going to be Michael Jordan, like right. you can work on, you can, you could stay in a pool where you feel like you dominate the game. You right. could stay in a club where you dominate the club, right. but that's never, at some point you're never going to make it. And so if you do look, well, what are my strengths? What things do I have? You know? And so sometimes when you, when you are not the smartest in the room or the fastest or the best looking, you have to look inside and what can I improve upon and what am I great at? Right. You know? Right. 
Um, Find your superpower. What is that one thing that you do better than everybody else, right? And for, for your son, it's going to be his work ethic. That's his superpower, right? For my son, what I'm trying to give his superpower is hopefully going to be his head, right? So everybody needs to find that one thing that's going to be their, their kind of superhuman strength that they have, right? That their identity is kind of built around. You just reminded me of something. and This will be important for Michael too and people listening. I played at a good level. I did not play at the highest level, right? That I wanted to. Didn't play in the Bundes, like the top leagues in England, right? I played, you know, third division soccer. And why I'm saying that is because there's lots of definitions of success, as you know, Richard, right? And you you can play soccer and be successful at playing soccer without playing in the best leagues in the world, without making loads of money, right? Because success for me was... I got to travel, I learned some languages, I fell in love, I learned about food, wine, whatever it is, right? That was a success, right? Not playing in the Premier League or playing for Manchester United. It's not going to happen for these kids. The chances of happening are basically zero, right? When you go out to UCLA and there's 150 kids on there, on that field, nobody's going to be a professional soccer player probably. Maybe one or two will play third division, but the numbers and the percentages, that's the truth. That's the harsh reality of this, right? The kids going through Manchester City's academy, the the actual percentages, it's less than a player, less than a player make it all the way through from 10 years old through the academy. And that's inside the academy. So the numbers are stacked way against you, but it doesn't mean, right, you cannot be a successful soccer player. You can go travel, you can play in Germany in the third division, right? Learn some learn languages, learn about culture, become a better person. That's much more realistic that takes the pressure off everybody when you start thinking about that right especially my son yeah and it's also you know how are we my my goal with athletes or with anybody who's a high performer is you know what are you trying to achieve as a human being and keeping that like it sounds like you know i'm getting this image of you you know i I don't even know how you stayed within the structured routines of practice like you definitely did you don't like structure you didn't want to fall into it but you found your way to be successful within sport, you know, and the routines of a division one athlete are, I mean, that's like a full-time job to begin with. So keeping that, that conversation open with yourself of what does it mean for me to be successful right is that about i need to balance out right i'm not spending enough time with my family is that meaning right i need to work on you know what other things do i want to explore that might round me out as a human being if i live in another culture another country can i can i learn to connect through the language so you know because i'm working i'm seeing the other side we work with people we have a panel of athletes post-retirement Right. It's a harsh reality. Even if you played in the NFL, the NBA, even if you made a ton of money, if you don't have financial management skills, you don't have the skills to take care of your body in the long run, there's going to be some pain there. And and not everyone's going to come out and reach out and tell you because it's shocking for those who've been through it to go from making a few hundred thousand to all of a sudden you're kind of behind all the the people who are just grinding their way up a ladder. So constantly improving and keeping yourself well-rounded and instilling that as a sports parent becomes really imperative. Totally. And and, and listen, like it's hard to be a sports parent is super, super hard, especially with like a kid that's, not an easy kid. I mean, my kid's not an easy kid. Super complicated, super complicated, super talented, right? But compl- he's a complicated kid. Like when to when to hit the gas on him, when to take the when to when to hit the brakes on him. You know what I mean? It's it's all it's all these things to try to keep the train going forward, right? But in a way that's going to be healthy is man is hard, you know. And like you have the, the Venus Williams, you have the Williams sisters' dad, you have Agus, like all these people that we know about. 
that have ridden their kids so hard and have been successful, right? And But to the detriment sometimes of the relationship. And it's like- How do you use that knowledge? How do you use that in your knowledge now that, you know, I know you're starting now that he's had to come back home due to, due to a quarantine yeah. or- now that he's been through a, an injury and recovery, how do you keep that balanced mindset there when you still hold the candle for like right. being the best and being a star? Yeah, it's hard. I, I think the thing that I struggle the most with, but I really try to work on every day is to make sure that he understands that soccer is over here and my love for him is here. And no matter, he's still too young to really understand that as a concept. And you think that he should undergrass it, but he's still... He still blurs those lines. Ah, oh, I had a bad session, Dad. You're mad at me. You don't love me, right? And I, it's a constant reminder, like, right, no matter what you do on the field, I will love you no matter what and do anything for you over here, okay? Soccer will always be, there will always be a division between my love and your performance. As much as you want to blur those lines together, right, I will continue to tell you, and it's not always perfect, right? We argue and fight all the time but before we go to bed i usually try to make it a point right to sit down lay next to him and say dude love you so much so proud of you great job no matter what how frustrated you are we wake up we go another day tomorrow we keep going we keep going we're a team i want to show alignment with him right so he knows that he and i are in this thing together right if he fails i fail when he succeeds, I succeed with him. And that's just a, you know, that's a lot lengthy process to go through. But I think it's probably the strongest in the end. Well, I mean, it's just an inspiring story to, to uh, have son who's that committed at this age and open to tell you how he feels and that uh, you're open to receiving that and to create that delineation because yeah. kids begin to fuse. Right. This is how I get my dad's attention. And if I score the goal, I'm good. Right. And if I don't, right. No, it's not easy, man. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not so easy. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, your passion, Rockarazzi, you know, making short films. I mean, uh, what do you got, you know, on tap? Can you can you continue producing through the quarantine? Um, and how do you keep yourself uh, focused and, and motivated in this changing time? Um, yeah, I just, I've been pretty busy through the whole, I work with a company in Manchester that makes performance grip sock called Viper 5. Michael has a couple. They're, they're awesome. So I do continue to do branding for them. So I create kind of, uh, Instagram and Facebook ad for them this all through this COVID craziness. And I just am finishing up a movie about or a documentary about an alien abduction. <laughs> I decided to take the project on just for fun. And it was it's been incredible. A couple from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin claims that they got pulled into an alien spacecraft off the side of the road. And they drove out to Beverly Hills before COVID. And I did like three weeks of filming with them. Wow. So wild. Those and stories then, are not uncommon, right? Yeah. It's just, but it's just crazy when you meet people that really believe this and you're like, then, you know, I don't know at this point, maybe it happened. I don't know. I so, think yeah. those stories are less now because people have like cell phone cameras, right? It used to be <laughs> like, people said, Oh, I saw the light. And totally. <laughs> <laughs> so I just been, you know, I've been, I've never been busier coaching and that's, it's been interesting. Like I've never had more clients ever during this time because everybody, I think just, they want to go out, get out of their house. They want to train. Um, and so I've had people call me up. Like I can't take, like I'm maxed out in terms of clients that I want to take. Um, and so that's good. So, you know, I'm able to make, you know, a decent amount of money doing that. And, uh, 
it's incredible because the the elite players and people who want to keep getting better during this time when their season's been lost need to seek out professionals like yourself. They need to find ways where they can socially distance and keep improving themselves and and making the jump to the next level. It's not good enough just to maintain where you were at in February. Right. You need to keep improving. So it's interesting. Ever- that, right. This is an opportunity, though, Richard. I think that if you're you know, if you're brave enough to take this up op- this window, it's kind of a great opportunity to to get ahead because a lot of people aren't using this window. You know what I mean? And it's a good opportunity to work on some of the things that you would never normally work on. You know, all the cognitive development stuff that you would never get in your team training. This window of COVID, right, enables you to kind of safely do that because it's not, a lot of the stuff isn't full contact training, right? A lot of the cognitive stuff requires no contact. It's just brain work. You know what I mean? So so are there things that athletes can do if they can't make it to a field? Are there, are there skills they can be doing in their driveway? or? Uh... Yeah, they can get an iPad and put an iPad on a tripod and create like a little iMovie where it's just colors, like rotating colors. And that's a really easy way to do it. Find a wall, put the iPod, iPad on its tripod behind you and constantly be checking your shoulder and identifying what the images are on the iPad. It's a great way to do it at home. Or have a mom or have your dad stand out there with, with holding numbers up number, you know, on your hand. Anything to make your brain do something in addition to focusing on the ball, right? Yeah. An easy thing for little for kids is like juggle and ask the kid question. Like what's the capital of Texas as they're juggling? You know what I mean? Or can you name the top three most populous states in America? But to get them away from the task that's right in front of them. You know, and I'm just convinced that that kind of brain work over time will make you a better player. So that what will you do for your son if uh, if a club is not an option? What are the options? I do what I'm doing right now. Take him to the field and I train him. I get him around kids like Michael and older kids all the time. Beginning of a book in my head. But it, it, the idea is about, it's called soccer milkshake. And that's what that's how we do our, our week, right? We're constantly adding different ingredients into the milkshake throughout the week. So one day there'll be street soccer. The next day there'll be futsal. Then, but there's always something happening that's going into the blender. And, that's, and that, that keeps it creative and fun as an athlete right. and, as a, and as a son. Right. So it's constant stimulus going on. Um, he doesn't, now he doesn't get the structure, right? Right. The, the argument too is like, well, he's not in a structured environment and he's not around the same kids for a consistent amount of time. All right, fair enough. He doesn't seem to be socially suffering, but that is the counter to this thing. It's like, he's not identified with a team, right? So he doesn't like, he doesn't get to put the uniform on, but he's on three different teams. You know what I mean? So listen, the bottom line, Richard, is that if you came here and said, you know what? I can point to 10 US soccer midfielders that are running the world right now. Then I'd be like, okay, it's different. But you can't because we're not good. So, and we're not good because the model has failed. Club model is a failed model. It's soccer is a big business here in the state. It's a money driven business. It's pay to play. If you got the money, you can play, right? It's not that way anywhere else. Okay. And so why not? I tell parents, why not take a chance and do something different, right? Because right now the treadmill that these kids are on is not a proven model. We're not developing good players or enough of them. Yeah, I know it doesn't always get met with uh, warm, you yeah. know, reception, right? But but recognizing that systems don't always work and don't always achieve what they're intended to do. I know it's a great uh, Netflix documentary, Soccer uh, in the City, I think it's called, uh, which talks about Hulu. Okay, but uh, about reaching inner city kids, about moving this direction and 
Oh, cool. um, you know, about some of the people who tried to create the initial leagues, uh, the USNL. And um, it's pretty amazing. You know, people have been committed to soccer and have seen it. Many leagues start and fail. And the commitment, you know, how you have to be willing to really be persistent uh, to be on this journey. It hasn't been the focal point of American sports, like you said. It's been, you know, exciting. Or, or now we, we like when David Beckham comes over. We like when Pele comes. Um, but, but hopefully that's shifting and balancing out because it's such a beautiful game and incorporates so many elements of healthy identity well well jared i'm flattered that you made time for me amidst your busy oh, schedule tell I our listeners glad. how can more people tap into your goal to see some of the things you're putting out there or get some of that motivation the motivational messages or learn um a technique from you uh just to call me 310-980-3741 pick up the phone i'll go on a walk around the neighborhood we'll talk we can coach your kid we can make a film about you um i can tell you everything that you're doing is probably incorrect all in one walk it's called the walk that will change your life wow well that was an amazing show thank you so much to jared seagal filmmaker of rockerazi.com check him out his film young beckham and other works he has and motivational videos on youtube he's a real gift obviously with the personal connection there and seeing the work he does with cognitive drills to keep your mind sharp while training and we're blessed to know him and look forward to connecting his brother uh, as well down the road fellow sports psychology professional and and it is always amazing to see what it takes to be a creative individual content creator and Division One soccer player. There is no reason why you can't have both. You or can send that message to yourself. Uh, that was really something I was lacking at a young age. You do not have to be one or the other. You can be unique, you can be individual, and you can be an athlete. And if you're a parent out there, please allow for all of those things to be true, balanced, and support your child figuring out their voice. I'm Richard Listens. Please hit me up on Instagram at Richard Listens and go to patreon.com slash Richard Listens and subscribe. Please, every dollar you give keeps us bringing more and more quality content to you in the world and helping those uh, who are in difficult situations right now get information, education, inspiration. Thank you. I'm Richard Listens. And I'm, out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.